Hello and welcome to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I'm Sonny Giuliano, and I'm joined, as always, by Paul Michael Clark. Paulie, how are you doing this morning? A rare morning podcast for us. Yeah, I mean, a little little change up. You know, we're, we're usually the late night version, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of like it. Like. Yeah, we, we do a morning pod, like, two or three times a year, maybe. It seems like we do it around the holidays more often um, than just in the regular calendar year. But, yeah, it's a nice change-up, you know. It's 11 a.m., not too early. You know, get the day started on a good note with a podcast. I love it. Talk a little um, football to start your day. Can't beat that. That's, that's no. getting out of the bed on the right side or getting up in the morning on the right side of the bed, whatever that phrase is. But, um, yeah, you got it. Something like that. Uh <laughs> So since we're, I promise I'll be more coherent talking about football than phrases about what side of the bed you get off of. Um, so since we're a quarter of the way through the season, we figured that we would change up the format a little bit. So there are going to be no picks on the podcast for us today, but I will make sure to have our picks posted on Twitter. They'll be on Hardwood and Hollywood, um, so you can see how we're doing. Paula, you did win last week. So it is now three weeks to one, my advantage. I have a two-game lead in the overall standing, so pretty close. Um, I, I was awful last week, and it, it kind of it, – it's what I expected, basically, and we talked about that. I told you heading into last week I didn't like the slate of games. I didn't like the week three slate. I was off to a really good start the first two weeks of the season, and then the last two weeks I – just haven't felt comfortable with it. The, the the line seemed weird to me. I didn't have a good feel for, for maybe, you know, three or four games on the schedule I felt good about. And then the rest, it, it felt like toss-ups, and you capitalized. So congratulations to you. Uh, thank you. Uh, you know, last week was tough. I think, uh, I think when, it, when it ended, I think the road teams were, I don't know, maybe 11 and 5, which is – you know, well, I, mean, I, I have the I have the stats on the year. So, away teams are forty, twenty-two and one against the spread this year. Wow. Going further, underdogs are thirty-six, twenty-five and one against the spread. And if you take out Miami and Washington from that group, who've been an underdog in every game, um, and they're combined one and seven against the spread in those games. Underdogs aside from Miami and Washington are thirty five eighteen and one. Um road underdogs road underdogs are twenty eight thirteen and one, uh winning sixty eight percent of the time. So look, I, I haven't done nearly enough research to know if this is something that on average happens, um or if if it's likely that this trend will continue throughout the year. But that's pretty that's pretty convincing at this point. When it's happening nearly seventy percent of the time, um, it I think it will definitely impact the way I pick the games this week. And I haven't settled on my picks yet because we we don't have to make our picks on the podcast. So I wanted to take that little extra time. I wanted to do a little bit more digging to to get back on the right track because four and eleven last week is absolutely unacceptable. I, I hold myself to a higher standard than that. 
With that said, though, we're going to be doing a complete league-wide power poll this week, and then we're going to do it again after week eight. We're going to do it again after week 12, and then we'll do something along those lines after week 16 also, though at that point it'll probably be just talking more about the 12 teams likely to be in the playoff field. But we wanted to, at the, at the quarter mark of the season, kind of take a step back and look at everything um, going on within the league and rank these teams and kind of get a feel for, for where every team stands. But before we get to NFL rankings, Paulie, I'm going to give you the floor. Why don't you go ahead and give the listeners um, a little bit of knowledge about where the Notre Dame of Batavia fighting Irish rank in New York State right now. Uh, well, the new poll comes out today. I've yet to see it. Um, last week, we were up to six. Uh, we we did go on the road last week. Uh, we probably played our worst game of the year. Uh, we went through some adversity. Uh, the referees weren't on our side that night. Um, but, but we did pull through with a 34-12 to 12 win. Uh, we rushed for almost 400 yards again. Um uh, our quarterback Dave McDonald and our running back Jed Reese just continue to shine as long, you know, as well as our offensive line. Uh, the fourth quarter was just a uh, dominant performance. Our kids uh, realized that they were in a dogfight and they really uh, rose to the occasion. And we put together a couple nice drives in the fourth quarter to kind of put it away, and then uh, ended it with a pick six to put the final nail in the coffin. So. It, it was a nice road win. Uh, we go on the road again Friday night, which should be, you know, another W for us. Hopefully, you know, not quite as difficult of a game uh, before we end the season against two teams that are currently undefeated as well. So, uh, looking forward, you know, just looking forward, you know, to see, you know, what, you know, watch these kids continue to get better and uh, see where we could go. Fantastic! I love it all. Uh, keep up the good work. Obviously, you, Uncle Joe, everyone else on the staff, all the kids, very, very happy for you all. And I, uh, I've been enjoying watching and reading and listening from a distance. So uh, best of luck on Friday. Appreciate let's, the support. Let's, uh, let's get to the power rankings. Actually, oh, we need to do, even though we're not ranking, uh, even though we're not picking the games, we should still do the weekly worst. Um. I had three candidates this week, and it's another one where, like last week, no one to me really pulled away from the rest of the group. Um, I, I'm fine with any of these three being named the weekly worst. Um, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. You could be the deciding vote. So I have Jared Goff, who has probably the best fantasy performance of anyone ever nominated for the weekly worst. Over 500 yards, two touchdowns, but he also had three interceptions, a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. I heard a stat that um, he has 14 fumbles in his last 13 games. That's not good? No. Um, and to make matters worse, insult to injury, he was outplayed by James Winston. So he's, he's the first candidate that I have down. Next, I have Andy Dalton who absolutely stunk on Monday Night Football against a really, really bad Steelers defense. The, the Bengals could only muster three points. Um, he was 21 for 37, 171 yards, one pick, a 57.4 passer rating, two fumbles. And then 
uh, like we've told you before, we could kind of bend the rules a little bit. I have the Washington Redskins quarterbacks, Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins, who threw four interceptions against the Giants. Uh, they both had a passer rating below 35. So those are the three candidates I have. Uh, if you want to add anybody, I'm I'm open to it. But otherwise, who from that group would you say earned the week four weekly worst? Well, I kind of had my winner as the Washington Redskins team. I mean, I'm just, fine uh, with it. Just you know, so not even uh, the quarterback, the team. No, 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 the quarterback. Yeah, the team. Okay, of, okay. Case Keenum and uh, Dwayne Haskins, just a disaster, just a complete dumpster fire right now. Um, so that, that's where I, that's where my pick went. I'm good with it, and I have a, I have a. That's back-to-back weeks for Case Keenum, by the way. Uh, rare company. I'll, I would have to look back through the record book to see if anyone has been a part of back-to-back uh, weeks of winning the weekly worst. I have a, a sneaking suspicion that Jay Gruden may be in contention for the week five weekly worst because. I think that there's a very good chance that after being blown out by the Patriots this week, he could be without a job. Probably a very good chance. So we'll see about that. That could be that could be a three-peat for the Redskins if that's the case. So Case Keenum, again, going back to back. Dwayne Haskins, you know, first real appearance in an NFL game. You get the weekly worst. Congratulations, guys. Big win. Big win. The first of the year for <laughs> for uh, the Reds. Well, I guess second of the year because Keenum won in week three. All right, the power poll. I broke mine up into four tiers. I have four tiers of teams. Um, so since we, we haven't compared lists, I don't know who you have where. You don't know who I have where. Um, so I guess the easiest way to do this and the way that we've done it in the past is I'll just say my number 32. Um, you could say yours. If we're different, we could talk about both teams. In all likelihood, where we have teams ranked won't vary too much. Um, they'll be close together on the list if they're not perfectly aligned. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see where this goes. So my first tier is the Shitty Teens Club. And I have, I've expanded the club. I don't know what positions that we'll have to, we'll have to give the two additional teams because normally we have president, vice president, secretary, treasurer. I don't know. Maybe they could be, I don't even know. I would have to look at the presidential cabinet or something. Um, but I have six teams. The coaches of these six teams are five first-year head coaches and the lesser of the Gruden brothers. And they have combined for zero wins this year. So number 32, no surprise here, I have the Miami Dolphins, who are 0-4. I'm with you. They stink. Um, If you put down $1 right now on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl, and they did, you would win $50,000, Paulie. I wouldn't waste a dollar. I think I might. For for odds like that, I, I think I'd waste a dollar. I'd rather, I'd rather go and buy a drink. 
Where are you buying a drink for a dollar? Are you talking about an alcoholic beverage? No. no. I was going to say, the stumbling burned down. You can't get a drink for a dollar. No, no. <laughs> Um, the Dolphins have been outscored by 137 points in the first four weeks of the season. I went back and looked. In the last three seasons, in the last three full seasons, there have been only eight teams who finished with a worse point differential for the entire year than Miami has right now. And spoiler alert, it's only going to get worse. So Dolphins are an easy number 32. 31, I have the Washington Redskins, who are also 0-4. I'm with you. We're in agreement. Um, as I said before, I think by 8 p.m. on Sunday, Jay Gruden is out of Washington. Uh, perhaps he'll be looking for a job on his brother's staff in Oakland. Probably number 30. Chance. Did you say probably a good chance? Yes. Oh, the, okay, okay. We're in agreement. Number 30, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. I also have the Cincinnati Bengals. Three for three so far. Their offensive line was absolutely atrocious the other night. Almost got Andy Dalton killed. Just terrible. I mean, awful. So I I brought the Bengals in at number 30 as well. They, They threw everyone off their scent with that week one game at Seattle. Yep. Where they, they looked competent, they put up a ton of yards, they were right there. They had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to go and take a lead with a game-winning field goal. And um, and then again, they, against Buffalo, they, they they did the same thing. They, they were hanging in there with Buffalo in western New York. They had the lead late. Buffalo ended up getting the, the game-winning touchdown with very little time left in the fourth quarter. That might just be them. It might just be back and forth, a little seesaw between being competitive and then just having complete clunkers like they did against Pittsburgh. Um, number 29. I went with Denver, and really these next three teams, and all these teams for the most part, there's very little separation between all of them, but I have Denver at number 29. Um, in their defense, they could probably be two and two right now if it weren't for last second game-winning field goals by Eddie Pinheiro and Josh Lambeau. But man, th- this Vic Fangio defense was so hyped before the year, and they have all these pieces from a team that that had a historically great defense on a run to the Super Bowl just what four years ago, and they've just been bad. They could they could be picked apart. They don't rush the passer. They got to Gardner Minshew a little bit last week, but now to make matters even worse, Bradley Chubb tore his ACL, so he's done for the year. They're stuck in this purgatory with Joe Flacco at quarterback. I just I don't like anything that's going on there, so I had them 29. I like it. I went with I went with the Jets at 29. That's fair. I have the Jets 27. The only reason I moved them up. Because I feel like of all these teams in the in the shitty teams club, I they're think they're, situ- they're they're exactly they're injured. I feel like their situation, if they get healthy, is at least salvageable a little bit. Yes, I right. Agree. Like it, like if Donald can come back really to this point of where they are, um, in the long run, I think the Jets are a better football team than Denver, mm-hmm. and. 
Arizona, who I'm sure it's no, you know, don't mean to be the bearer of, you know, wrecking the surprise, but I'm sure we all know who the other team is that we're talking about from 29 <laughs> to 27. So, correct. Oh, the, the, I, I would rather have, I would rather have the Jets when healthy than all those teams, but the Jets with yeah. Luke Falk quarterback are 29. That's a problem. It's a big problem. Um, yeah, so I have the Jets 27. I have the Cardinals 28, who are 0-3-1. Um, that the is Cardinals. the should... – you have the Cardinals where? 28. Okay, so we're we're in agreement there. We basically flip-flop Denver and New York, and that's fine. Exactly. That is Tier 1. That's the shitty teams club. Those are all the teams that are without a win this year. Tier 2. I call the interchangeables. I think that this is a group of teams. and This is by far the biggest tier I have. I've got 18 teams in this tier. I just think that, that game to game, any of these teams could theoretically beat any other team in this tier. So they're all interchangeable. 26, I have the Atlanta Falcons. I have the New York Giants at 26. Okay, I I have the Giants up up at twenty three. Um, my my case for the Falcons is they just seem lifeless to me. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a go ahead. They haven't really been the same since the Patriots ripped their heart out in the Super Bowl. That is now becoming the all time classic example of of just a psyche ruining game. Yep. Um, it just seems like this team may already be checked out. Um, Matt Ryan, he has six interceptions already. He had seven all of last year. He just looks like he has happy feet. He's made some terrible throws. Um, the Falcons' defense is really bad. And they're injured. They lost Keanu Neal. It, it it takes a lot to make Marcus Mariota look as good as he did on Sunday. He torched the Falcons. Yeah. But the the even bigger problem is that the offense isn't lights out anymore. It used to no. be that this offense was good enough that they could prop up the average to below average defense. But they just aren't they aren't good anymore. They aren't they they don't have that that big play potential, they they losing Kyle Shanahan obviously was crushing. Um but they're twenty six in the NFL right now in scoring so far this year. Um I, I just you know, after what I saw last week, that win over Philadelphia on Sunday night football in week two feels more and more like a fluke that came together thanks to the Eagles just getting hit with the injury bug all at once. Um so I, I have Atlanta twenty six. You had the Giants. Make your make your case for for Danny Dimes and the New York I Giants twenty six. He, he's been okay. I mean, it, the, the game in in Tampa, I thought I thought he played really well. He, he wasn't really great against a really bad team last week. Right. Uh, I mean, they're they're just not a really good football team. Um, you know, I don't know. I just. They don't really have much around them. Their defense isn't great. So, I mean, I, I like I like what Daniel Jones has done. He's kind of brought a little bit of life to the team. 
But, you know, at, at 26, I, I just think, I, I think that I think they have a little bit of an upside, but they're just not there yet. That's fair. I just I look at <clears throat> I look at where this team was from a mentality standpoint ten days ago, when Daniel Jones had yet to debut, and we were going into that game at Tampa Bay, and the the conversation was, okay, there's a chance that this is just a disaster. Everyone thought that the Giants reached for him at number six. And everyone thought that, okay, Eli isn't the guy moving forward, obviously. He's been there for a decade and a half. We know that we have no future with him, but they didn't think that there was a future with Daniel Jones either. And then he comes in and he plays this fantastic game against the Bucks. And And like you said, no, he wasn't great last week against Washington, but they've now won two games in a row. Just from a mentality standpoint and a conversation standpoint, it seems like there's been a complete 180 on the perception of the New York Giants. And, yeah, they have, they have other holes to fill. Um, Saquon Barkley being out is a killer. Um, but I just I, I look at them and I think, okay, they've at least won two games in a row. And that's more than a lot of teams could say. And like I said, you know, I had them 23. So it's not like I'm talking about them as a potential playoff team or anything. Uh, The difference between 23 and 26 is not that much. But um, I just just felt like the perception of the Giants changed enough to warrant them moving up past a couple other teams. Uh, 25, who did you have? The Atlanta Falcons. Okay, we, we hit the Falcons. I had the Pittsburgh Steelers. At number twenty-five, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at twenty-four. Okay, so you know, I, I I don't think that we put much stock in that win over Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. They busted out the Wildcat a little bit. Mason Rudolph looked a little more comfortable. James Conner finally got going, but I still I, I think that this is still a team that is the third best team in the division that might not be all that great, and I still don't know what the plan is for them long term. Because when Ben comes back, he's going to be, what, 37 years old? Um, I don't know that anybody, even in Pittsburgh, had plans that Mason Rudolph would for sure be the guy moving forward. Um, You know, it's a possibility that they were grooming him to be the next man up. But it's not like he was a, a heralded quarterback prospect coming out of the draft. Um, so I, I'm still concerned about them. Their defense isn't great. I, I think that as they host Baltimore this week, there's a chance that Baltimore can get back on the right track. We'll obviously get to Baltimore at some point in these rankings. Um, but yeah, that, that's why I had Pittsburgh number 25, and I'm sure your reasoning for having them also low at 24 is kind of the same. Absolutely. Uh, who did you have at 25 then? At Atlanta, 25. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, 24. I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had them at 23. Okay. So Giants, Bucks, Steelers, Falcons, we all have bunched together between 23 and 26. So I've actually heard a little bit of Bucks optimism in the last few days. 
to be expected after they go to to LA and and put up 55 points on the defending NFC champions. But I I don't necessarily think that this that that win indicates that this is a team that we should take seriously, right? I mean, they were the team that went into New Orleans last week yet last year week one and put up 48 on a team that would eventually go on to to nearly win the NFC championship. Um, I feel like I feel like Tampa Bay has one of them games every year. Yeah, for sure. I, and, you know, I think that they're just a team that, that we take caution of every week. Yep. I think that they should probably be considered a live underdog every week just because there's the potential of this kind of game where, you know, we, we drag James Winston through the mud, but he does have games every once in a while where he looks like a really competent quarterback, and, and this past week was one of those examples. It's the reason why the Bucks are still investing in him and believing that he could be that guy, because once every four weeks he has these games where he looks fantastic. All of a sudden the Bucks have this Shaq Barrett on the defensive line who's leading the NFL in sacks. Yeah. I, they They have enough pieces and these kind of games happen enough where I think that they could trick you into believing that it's going to be something that happens semi-regularly. But then you look at them this year, and as a favorite, they're 0-2. I just think that they're they're an underdog that is always going to be frisky. They're a favorite that can't be trusted. They're 2-0 and on the road. They're 0-2 at home. They're just goofy. They scream inconsistency. So I think that 24, 23, wherever either of us have them, um, I think that that's a good spot for them. Yep. All right, number 22, who do you have? I have the Houston Texans at 22. All right, let's do this. I, I have a hunch. Actually, that's not true. I, I have one team in this grouping that I'm I'm – quite positive I have higher than you. Who do you have 21? I'm curious. The Indianapolis Colts. I have the Colts 21. Who do you have at number 20? The Tennessee Titans. Okay. Let's do... Okay, I'm going to guess that you have Jacksonville number 19. I don't. No? Who do you have? Carolina. Okay. We we have all these... It's... To be expected, we have a, a number of similar teams bunched up. So I have, I have Tennessee at 22, I have Indianapolis at 21, as do you. Um, I have Houston number 19. I have your Oakland Raiders number 20. We'll save them. I'll give you time to do the Raiders. Where do you have Jacksonville? Out of curiosity, <laughs> I have Jacksonville at 17. As do I. Okay, let's do the AFC South right now because this entire division is a mess. And I have, I have no clue who is going to end up winning this division. They're all two and two. Um, I, have, I have a hunch who, who we both favor. I mean, we both have Jacksonville at number 17 ahead of the rest of the teams in this division. Um, you picked Jacksonville to win the division at the beginning of the year. I did not. Um, that was with Nick Foles under center, so I, I wasn't sure where you would have them 
with Gardner Minshew. But so okay, you have ranked in this division, you have Houston fourth, Indianapolis third, Tennessee second, Jacksonville first, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad. I, I just Houston can't protect Deshaun Watson and it's yeah. it's really sad. It's it's really sad. Yeah, I, I have them 19. I, I feel like they have a higher ceiling than Tennessee and Indianapolis, and that's why I, I gave them have, an edge over those two teams. I think they have a higher but, ceiling than all the teams. It's just they, their ceiling is not high when their quarterback's on his back 70% of the plays. Like right. Just, they, they, they might have the lowest floor. Right. I mean, they have the most weapons. Their offense is great skill-wise. It's just... I mean, they're going to get this poor guy killed. Yeah, they've given up 18 sacks already this year, which is third worst in the league behind only Cincinnati and Arizona, two of the four or five worst teams in the league. Um, That game against Carolina last week, the Panthers' pass rush just completely changed the game. Yeah. Against a team with an above-average pass rush, the Texans just crumbled. And like you said, the, the the best way to describe it, it's sad because we both agree, and a lot of people agree on this, that Deshaun, with a with a competent offensive line, it doesn't even matter the weapons. And like you said, the weapons are really good. But with a competent offensive line, he has a chance to be a transcendent kind of quarterback. Yep. And in the moments when he has that protection, some of the throws he makes – and, you know, the times that he does have to use his legs, if he's rolling out and he could throw on the run and, and he's not being bombarded with a pass rush, it's fantastic. But then there are just some times where a second and a half after he has the snap, the 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 pocket has just collapsed and he has nowhere to go. Right. So, I don't know. I had a hard time, you know... Th- Part of me wanted to move them higher just because, like we said, their their ceiling is higher than probably Jacksonville's. It's it's higher than Indies or Tennessee's. Um, even some of the other non-AFC self teams on the list who I have higher than them, Houston's ceiling is higher than those teams. But I couldn't move them up any further because uh, they, they're just fatally flawed in that area. Horrible. Um, So I had Tennessee 22. You had them 19, 20. Tennessee, Indianapolis. I mean, all these teams are close enough that I think it's fair to say that any one of the four could probably end up winning this division. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think maybe first one to eight wins this division. Sure. It could be. Yeah, it could end up being the case. Um, then Jacksonville. We both have them 17. We have them higher than all the other teams in the AFC South. Um, this Gardner Minshew thing, it's uh, it's really turning into something now. It's it, you know week by week, it feels less and less fluky. Um. You know, they were down 17-3 to in their game at Denver last week. They rattle off 20 straight points. And 
some of the credit has to go with Leonard Fournette, who who finally busted out. He had 225 yards rushing. Um, but then then Denver ends up taking the lead with 132 left in that game, and it's it's a gimpy Gardner Minshew who orchestrates this drive, looking like a seven year vet, to put Josh Lambeau in field goal range to to kick the game winner. It's at the point now where the, the, it's feeling like. Okay, they they legitimately stole him in the sixth round. He's got to be the guy that they they trust with this position moving forward. Um, what what do you make of of Minshew Mania and Jacksonville? And you know, do you think that they're they could potentially move up past seventeen eventually? Yeah, I mean, they uh, you know it seems like he's brought them some life. You know, he's, yeah. You know, he's just he make, making plays and he's bringing a lot of energy to the team. And I – Jacksonville's a scary team right now. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I You know, not only is the offense clicking in a way that it, it hasn't at any point in this, this mini run that they've had, this, this run of relevance that they had dating back to 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we're reaching the point where this defense has heard all of the Jalen Ramsey noise, and there's this perception that that he's their best defensive player, and he might be, and that this whole thing will will crumble if he's eventually traded. But there are a bunch of dudes on this defense who are probably like, okay, well that's bullshit, and they, they, I mean they could still be disruptive. They, they could still be one of the top eight defenses in the league with what they have. I mean, Calais Campbell is perennially one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. Um, you know, they, they have a bunch of holdovers from this defense that was great a couple years ago. A.J. Bouye is still there. Um, Yannick Ngakwe is still there. They, I think that they really landed someone with Josh Allen um, yeah. who's played really well. Miles Jack has played well, aside from his, his crazy blow-up in week one where he tried to fight a referee. Um, they they have dudes who, who make plays and who are really, really good on that side of the ball. Um, so I, I think that they can maintain, even if, even if they do end up losing uh, Jalen Ramsey. I, I think that they could still be a really, really solid defense. And again, this is the best offense that they've had in this three-year window. It's the best quarterback play they've gotten. They have legitimate weapons. I mean, we can't expect that Leonard Fournette is going to run for 225 yards every game moving forward, but if he could at least show signs of life, that's a good thing. Uh, D.D. Westbrook has played better. D.J. Chark has played better. They have actual weapons on the outside now. Um, Yeah. So I I like them moving forward. I think that they have a chance – you know, you said first team to eight. I think that they they could potentially get to nine, ten wins. Um, it's not an overly difficult schedule that they're facing either. The next two weeks are big. They're at Carolina, and then they're home for New Orleans. But after that, they've still got Cincinnati on the schedule. They're home for the Jets. They've got the Texans before a bye. Um, and, you know, that game's in Jacksonville. Deshaun Watson could get killed that game. Um, They've got two games against Indy that are winnable. They play Tampa Bay. That could be a horrible Jameis game. 
They've got Oakland and Atlanta. Those are winnable. Um, I just I, I, I like their upside this year, and I, I hope that they aren't foolish and when Nick Foles is available to come back, if Gardner Minshew has this thing rolling, I hope that they don't make the switch back to Foles. I, I think that that would be a foolish decision for them to make. I agree. Um, all right, let's see. So that, that crossed off a bunch of spots between 22 and 17. I had Oakland 20. I'll give you the floor since they're your team. Um, where did you have Oakland? I had them at 18. I, I, just think okay. they're, I just think there's a bunch of teams that are in about the same category. Yeah. You know, they're all sitting at 2-2. Two and two. They're, you know, could lose to anybody, could play with anybody. You they're know the interchangeable. Mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I basically had that from like I don't know. I, there was a bunch of teams I felt that landed in that category, so I just kind of jotted teams down. So that Oakland's honestly, honestly, that's the same thing I did. Um, like I said, I had eighteen teams in this tier. Yeah, uh, just from game to game that I think could beat each other. It doesn't matter if it's road or home. I mean, we saw it last week. Oakland went into Indy and got that one. Dominated the game. Dominated yeah, the game. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I think that you would probably agree if, if – and I don't have their schedule up in front of me, but, you know, they could host any one of these teams in this group and drop a home game, and it wouldn't be a huge yeah. surprise. No, not at all. Okay, so you have Oakland 18 – um, I had them 20. I have Carolina 18. Did you have them 20? I had Carolina 19. 19, that's right. Um, I could, depending on what happens with New Orleans, I could see Carolina being in the mix um, for a playoff spot, potentially for for the NFC South. Like I said, if this New Orleans thing isn't sustainable and they don't give the kind of effort defensively that they did against Dallas on Sunday night football, I could see Carolina being in that eight, nine, maybe 10 win range. Um, if things broke right, just because I think they have one of the best offensive players in the league in Christian McCaffrey. They have, Oh, he's a dude, man. He's so good. Yeah. They have one of the best defensive players in the league in Luke Keekley. Um, You know, that was an ugly win they got against Houston last week, but I actually came away really impressed by them. Um, you know, they're second in the league right now, only behind New England in yards allowed per play. So their defense is really getting it going. But what Kyle Allen did last week against Arizona, it made me think that there will be times when this offense can shine. Now, what I'm, what I'm wondering is what happens when Cam Newton is healthy enough to come back. Um, I imagine he takes that spot, but I, I would guess that there will be people in Carolina right now who are telling Cam, take your time, man. You know, get yeah. right. Make sure you're good. We don't want to rush this back. You know, we, we, we're invested in you in the future. You know, let's take it easy. Yep. Really thinking, well, maybe we, maybe we might be a little bit better off 
this year with Tyler. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, that is the bottom half of the league, 17 through 32. Number 16, who do you have? I went with the Chargers at 16. And, again, I think they're just another one of them teams that I think they could play with anybody, anybody, and, you know, could basically lose to anybody. I mean, yeah. they lost to the Texans. Um, they just, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, they're just a team I'm not real confident in, and I just put them at 16. That's fair. I had them 15. So I we're more right there. Yeah. I, you know, we're not too different on that. At 16, I had San Francisco. And, you know, I, there's a lot of optimism about the Niners, and there, there has been for a long time all off season. They were one of the trendy teams. I never bought into it. Um, they're one of the trendy picks now. I'm, I'm still not seeing it. I know they're 3-0. And, you know, that, that's why I had to have them in the top half of the league. Um, but I just I, I, I still want it on record that I don't think that they're that good. I don't think that they'll actually be in the playoff picture at the end of the year. They beat Tampa Bay in a game that Jameis gave away. He threw two pick sixes. Um, they, they beat Cincinnati convincingly. They're 0-4. They beat Pittsburgh, who is 1-3. They stink. And they and the Steelers still came damn close to winning that game. I mean, San Francisco turned the ball over six times in that game. If they right. turned the ball over six times against a team like I don't know the Rams or or somebody For like Cleveland that, this week against yeah, Cleveland on Monday Night Football, yeah, they're going to lose by forty. Right. So that's why I'm not buying into it. And I I know I, I say it every week. You you can only beat the teams that you have on the schedule. Right. Um. And, and they've done that. They're three and zero. Congrats to them. Uh, but if we're, you know, part of my rankings are I'm, I'm projecting where things are going to go for the rest of the year. That's why I have them 16. I don't think that this is something that is sustainable. Um, the schedule will get much, much tougher. Uh, it does this week. I, I think that that's a tough game against Cle- a Cleveland team that has you know, gotten a little bit of their mojo back going on the road and beating Baltimore convincingly. Um, and then they go to the Rams the following week. Uh, they they still have games against Green Bay, at Baltimore, at New Orleans, uh, four total against the Rams and the Seahawks. I just think that it eventually catches up with them. Um, so I'm not super high on them. So I had them 16. I had the Chargers 15. Who did you have 15? The San Francisco 49ers. Very good. Uh, 14, who did you have? The Detroit Lions. Okay. I had the Lions number 10. Make your case for Detroit. I mean, again, I I think they played really good against the Chiefs. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. they... They, they've been in every game, obviously. You know, they were, whatever they were going into last week, 2-0 and 1 or 3-0 and yep. 1. I'm yep. not, you know, whatever they were. Um, and, 
you know, I, I think they're playing really good football. But, again, I, I just think there's a bunch of teams here that I'm looking and I'm like, if if this team played Detroit, who would I pick to win, you know? So, basically came down to I, I would pick all the teams I have ahead of them over them to win. Totally fair. I, you know, you... You, you've obviously done your research, and I'm sure you saw a bunch of highlights, and that's fine. But you were at the Bills game on on Sunday when that Lions-Chiefs game was going on, and they showed a lot of that game on yeah. Red Zone. Yeah. They really impressed me. I, they, I thought that what they, they – I thought that – I mean, from the looks of it, they outplayed them. They did. They did. They They outplayed Kansas City. They're able to bother Mahomes in a way that nobody else has this year. He he's still at over 300 yards, but they kept that offense in check in a way that very few teams do. There weren't any big plays that the Chiefs made. There there weren't any, and you know they were in a spot in that game where they have the lead. They're up by three, with you know. A, around two minutes left, and they have the Chiefs in a fourth and eight situation. They're they're one fourth and eight stop away from winning that game and being 3-0-1 right now and beating the team that we we both agree for, for the last four weeks is probably the second-best team in football. And they were right there. They were with them every step of the way. Offensively, defensively, they showed me a lot, and that's why I had them 10. Um, and, and, you know, making your point, it the sitting because 14 for me I had Minnesota who's 2 and 2 and you know Detroit and Minnesota are in the same division yeah. I I look at those two teams and if they were playing head to head I would look at it and I would probably pick Detroit I would I I think that they do more things better than the Vikings do yeah, I mean, and and you know that 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 to me that's part of it. Like you said, for a lot of these teams, it's just weighing. Okay, if these two teams are playing, maybe on a neutral field, who would I pick to win? I would pick the Lions over the Vikings at this point. What I, from what I've seen, when the Bears play Detroit, I will be more worried about that game than I was last week when the Bears played the Vikings. So. That, that's my rationale. But, again, all these teams are so closely bunched together. Um, Minnesota, for me, you know, I, the conversation hasn't changed since last year. No, it's uh, – Kirk Cousins, you know, at, with, at the risk of, of this coming back and biting me in the ass, and you know how I am with these things, I, I don't do this a lot because I'm very, very afraid of the, the football and karma gods coming back and getting me. But Kirk Cousins just isn't the guy who gets you over the hump. Uh, I, I feel confident. They, they don't pass block very well. I mean... No, they, they don't. I mean, but the guy, I mean, he takes a lot of hits, too. I mean... He does. But, I, but here's what I'll say, and, and this is the point... This is the point that uh, I, now, shoot, I don't remember who who said it. It was on some talking head show, and, and it was a really good point that whoever this was made, I, and I don't remember, and I, I wish I could give credit, but, but I can't. There, it, it seems like there's never a sense of urgency 
with Kirk Cousins. And here's an example. They were down in that game to Chicago. And it's not it's not specific to their games against Chicago because there have been other games where the Vikings have been trailing. Cousins doesn't it's like he never pushes the ball down the field. No. In the spots when they're trailing, he it's a lot of check down and I know that there's the these defenses are designed to to make the offense have to take time off the clock and work the ball down the field, but you know this, that there are quarterbacks who, in in these spots when they're trailing, they'll still take shots. They'll still look like they're pushing it. Cousins just isn't that guy. And like you said, in fairness to him, that offensive line isn't good. They they, they have let him down a number of times. And, and when the Vikings have no running attack whatsoever, like they did against Chicago, who who's the best run defense in football, or one of the best run defense in football, you're putting a lot on his shoulders. And yes, that's that's unfair to him to some degree, but he was also brought in to be the guy who who made up for that kind of stuff, right? I mean, he gets this big contract because he's supposed to be the guy who in the times when the offensive line isn't great, when the run game isn't going, when the defense has failed you, he's the one who's going to get you over the hump. He's the guy who's going to take you from very good to great. And he's just not that guy. I, I feel confident in saying that. Um, so that, that's, that's part of the reason why I have Minnesota number 14. 13. Who did you have? Who did I have at 13? 13, yep. Baltimore. Okay, I have Baltimore at number 12. Who did you have at number 12? Minnesota. Okay, we did Vikings. Where do you have the Browns? I have Browns at 11. Okay, let's do top of the AFC North then. So you have you have the Ravens 13, the Browns 11. I have the Browns 13, the Ravens 12. I told you after that game, when you were giving me crap on Facebook because the Ravens have now lost two straight games. Um, and, I, and I haven't made love with, with Lamar and, and John Harbaugh and Greg Roman in quite some time. We're, we're in a rough patch right now. But I told you that I still think that the Ravens will win this division. Um, would, you, would you agree with me when I say that this is a two-team race, and, and it's entirely possible that Cleveland or Baltimore end up winning the AFC North. Oh, or, do you think, or do you think that win for the Browns, it kind of signifies that they're going to separate from Baltimore at some point? No, I think it's a two-team race, but, you know, I, listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to pick an argument with you here, but I'm just looking at what my eyes have told me. Lamar Jackson was phenomenal against Miami. Okay, mm-hmm. let's look at his let's look at his last three games. Average at best, average at best, average at best against the Cardinals, the Chiefs, and the Browns. I mean that defense for the Ravens has not been good. I mean that's a, that's the biggest issue here. I think I, I think that this offense, even if they aren't as as transcendent as they were week one against Miami, 
where where just everything was working, the defense is the much bigger problem. Let's face it, though. I I mean, our our high school team might be able to go get a couple touchdowns against Miami right now. They're just, I mean, they're they're (laughs) not. They're not very good. I mean, so everybody's offense is going to look good against Miami. No, that's what I'm saying. But you know, like, but but I'm just saying. I I think that if we're weighing weaknesses for the Ravens, and we're really giving a thorough look at what the issues are with this team, I don't think that the offense is the issue. No, they won't be nearly as good as they were against my against Miami Week One. But if you look at, they have still managed to move the ball in all three of their losses. I don't, I don't, and I don't think that they'll. There, there will be times when they struggle, but I think that the defense is a much bigger red flag than the offense. Lamar, if you look at his numbers for the year, he's still completing sixty-five percent of his passes. He has over a thousand yards passing. Ten touchdowns to two interceptions. Um, he has 238 yards rushing. Mark Ingram is a consistent six yards per carry runner. Like, I just think that their offense will be fine. And if they could shore up the defense, and there's no guarantee that they can, that they could and should still be considered the favorite in the AFC North. But that's a big if. And that's why I think that you probably have Cleveland ahead of them, aside from the fact that Cleveland went into Baltimore and and really dominated that game. Yeah, I mean, I just look at it, and I just – I trust Cleveland more. You know, their defense has been better. I trust Baker more than Lamar. I trust the Browns' weapons more. I like Chubb. I like, you know, I like Beckham. I like Landry. I like their tight end. You know, and let's not forget, in a couple of weeks they're going to get Kareem Hunt to add another sure. weapon. Right, right. You know what I mean? So I, I think I think the Browns' defense has been really good, and I think the offense is just going to continually get better throughout the year. That's completely fair. It really is. I, I worry about the – if we're comparing Baltimore and Cleveland, I worry about the head coach for Cleveland. I think it's yeah. fair to say that Harbaugh is a much better head coach, and there have been plenty of times this year where where it's it's fair to call Freddie Kitchens into question. Um, I do think that the defense could improve in Baltimore. And like I said, I think that the offense will remain good. I don't think that they'll be Miami great, but I think that they'll be able to move the ball. I think that they'll be fine on that side of the ball. I'm with you, though. You know, I, I I was obviously being defensive in that moment after that game, saying that they'll for, for sure still win the AFC North. I think that it's basically 50-50 for them in Cleveland at this point. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so the only team in my 10 to 14 team range that we haven't talked about is Buffalo. Where do you have the Bills? Number 10. Okay, I have the Bills 11. You were at the game. You were there at, what is it, New Era Field. I always want to call it Ralph Wilson Stadium still. Um, give, me your, give me your take on Buffalo. Um, I got to tell you, very impressed with this Bills defense. Um, yeah. Their secondary is really good. Their safeties are phenomenal. Um, they really fly to the ball. 
Tremaine Edmonds is a stud. I mean, just a really good football player. Um, they they had New England confused. I mean, that was that was two that was two teams that played really good defense in that game. And uh, I, you know, walking out of that stadium, I told Uncle Joe, "Man, this Bills defense is impressive to watch in person." Yeah, I mean, it, you hate to play the what if game, but it it does make you wonder what if Josh Allen hadn't gotten hurt. Can the Bills punch in that go-ahead touchdown late when Matt Barkley couldn't do it? I, I like you, I was very impressed with them in defeat. It, it, kind of the same as Detroit. You know, th- those were the two yeah. games that Red Zone was showing the most of. Uh, Detroit, Kansas City, Buffalo, New England. Not only because they were two games where it was all teams were, were undefeated, but because they were close. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in some respects, stylistically, they were obviously different games. Detroit and Kansas City was much more high-scoring than Buffalo, New England was. But it was the same kind of thing where these two road or these two home teams, unproven, they're trying to establish themselves within the construct of the league. And even in defeat, you know, there we the, the phrase there are no moral victories in the NFL, whatever. But I think that both of these teams could walk away from those losses and say okay, we could take a lot from this. We could hang in there against the best teams in this league. You know, neither of those games, the fact that they were as close as they were, felt fluky at all. It felt like those two teams, Buffalo and Detroit, both belonged. Yeah. I actually was impressed more with Buffalo and Detroit in losses this week than I was maybe in wins in previous weeks. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. I mean, the fact that Buffalo they're able to hold New England without an offensive touchdown, right? I mean, New England – or no, uh, Goskowski missed uh, an extra point. I was thinking that it was the block punt and then three field goals. But they, they did score an offensive touchdown. But if you look at what they did to Brady, I mean, that was – And really, that, that New England touchdown came after a pick when they got the ball at, like, Buffalo's 40. So, right. This was – I'm looking at Tom Brady's game logs right now. This was his first game under 50% completion since the last game of 2017. And then before that, it was week one in 2017 against Kansas City. The fact that they – I mean, that's rare that, that you hold Brady with – 150 yards, 46% completion, no touchdowns. They they pick him off once. He had a 45.9 passer rating. I mean, we it was a performance that if the, the Bills had won that game, we'd have to be talking about Tom Brady as one of the weekly worst. That That's how good that defense was. So, yeah, yeah. they won me over. Detroit won me over. Um, that's 10-11 for, for us. Number nine, I had Seattle. Who did you have? Seattle. All right. Um, They were the last team out of Tier 3 for me. Um, I decided to keep them out of Tier 3 for one more week, but a win over L.A. on Thursday Night Football gets them into that tier, in my opinion. I need need to see them win against a really good team, though. Their, Their wins are against Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Arizona. 
Um, they're they're talented enough that I think that they're warranted to be number nine. Uh, Russell Wilson is obviously incredible, and actually, I was looking at the stats this year. It's even gone up a level for him. He has 1,141 yards. That's ninth in the league. 72.9% completion. That's best in the NFL. Eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. He has the second-best passer rating in the league. Just fantastic football for Russell Wilson. Um, And this is a big game for both them and the Rams on Thursday night football to speak. That'll that that's gonna be a good one. Yes. Um yes, all right. Tier three. My tier three I call the legitimate NFC contenders. I have six teams. They're the six best teams in the NFC. Um I I would assume that your three through eight are the same six teams as mine. The Rams, uh, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Eagles, the Packers, and the Bears? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who do you have number eight in that group? The Bears. Okay, I have the Bears number seven. I have um, the Bears eight, strictly on their quarterback inconsistency. Yeah. Now... I don't know. I and I'm obviously very. I have a hard time separating personal feelings from analysis of the Bears. Um, so much so that I, I can't even pick their football games the right way. I, I always pick them to lose because I can't stand to to watch them lose and lose my pick. Um, here's what I'll say though, and maybe this is a hot take. I think that this is the – I don't want to say the best Bears defense I've seen in my lifetime because that that spot probably is still reserved for the 2016. But I think that this Bears defense is better than they were last year. We, I we think that they're – what's going on with Roquan Smith up here. Yes, what's, we do. What, what, I, I'm very interested in this story. It came up out of nowhere. I didn't see it until maybe Saturday night. It was either Saturday night or Sunday morning that I saw that he was questionable for personal issues. And the Bears have been very, very quiet about it um, since then. They're they're respecting his privacy. I haven't seen anything definitive. There was an online rumor that he was involved in a car accident, um, that 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 was the reason why he, he he was out. Um, that, that ended up being proven false. That's not the case. Um, so I have no clue what it is. But but the, his absence from that game highlights the point I, want, I, I wanted to make about their defense. I think that they're they're deeper than they were last year. And that, that game against Minnesota was evidence of this because they were without Akeem Hicks. They were without Roquan Smith. They were without Bilal Nichols, who was their starting defensive end. And they dominated that game. Yeah. But with, with dudes who, who who weren't supposed to be in, in like, starting roles. It was Nick Kwiatkowski and, right. and Nick Williams and Roy Robertson-Harris and then, obviously, Khalil Mack, who's fantastic. 
But, you know, they haven't forced turnovers like they did last year yet. I mean, they did against Washington, but Washington is just a dumpster fire. Right. But I think that I think that, that is coming. Last year, they hit their peak mid-season. It was right around week eight. After they lost to New England in the middle of the year, they went 9-1 and one to finish the year. And they forced 19 turnovers. They allowed like 14 points per game in those last 10 games of the year. I think that that's coming. I do. I think that this defense is good enough, well-coached enough. Chuck Pagano has done a fantastic job with this group. Everyone thought that there would be a huge drop-off losing Vic Fangio. There hasn't been one yet. I think that this defense is just so good that, as was the case last year and in 2010 and in 2006 and 2005 and 2001, they can prop up the offense enough to still be a legitimate contender. Now, the question is, and as has been the case in all of those years that I mentioned, is the offense capable enough to not blow it? And that's a legitimate worry yet again. Trubisky's out with a dislocated left shoulder and a slight labrum tear, which, oddly enough, I never had this diagnosed, but I talked to Uncle Joe about it when it happened. He was in Florida, and he kind of felt around my shoulder. Um, I, that was, that, that's the exact injury that he suspected that I had to my left shoulder my sophomore year of college. I never went to the hospital for it. Um, so it was never officially diagnosed. But he, he said partial dislocation and slight labrum tear is what he thought that I had. So from potentially similar experience, I don't want to make it sound like my injury is the same as Mitch Trubisky's, but I will say that my shoulder still occasionally pops out, and, every, and there's kind of sort of always a dull ache to it. But he should be back somewhat soon because I could still use my left arm. It, for like two or three weeks, I didn't do anything with my left arm after it happened. But because it's a non-throwing shoulder, they could put off surgery. I've already read that they, you know, there's no surgery expected, at least in the season. So he could be back pretty soon. They play Oakland in, in London this week. Then they have their bye. I think it's possible that he could be back for week seven. Now, the question is, with or without him, does it make a difference? Because Chase Daniel actually looked pretty good against a really good Vikings defense last week. Yes, he did. Um, I don't know that Mitch Trubisky's presence makes a difference for for the ceiling of this team. I really don't. I think that their ceiling is completely dependent on their defense. And I think that this defense is so good that they could potentially carry them to a Super Bowl as long as their offense can do what they did against Minnesota, which is no turnovers, convert a couple third downs, and dominate the time of possession. I think that their defense is good enough that they don't need to be spectacular offensively to be a Super Bowl contender. I don't know. You have them eight. I have them seven. I had Philadelphia eight. Um, you know, their win against Green Bay was such a typical we just find a way to win sort of Eagles win, right? I mean, they, they're down so many guys. They lost dudes in that game, too. You know, Sidney Jones left the game early. Avante Maddox was carted out with a minute left. They didn't have Ronald Darby in the secondary. 
and they still find a way to intercept Aaron Rodgers in the red zone to clinch the game. Just a hell of a win. Yeah, I mean, this shows the depth that they have. Where do you have Where do you have Philadelphia? I had them at seven. Okay, so we flip flop Chicago and Philadelphia. That's fine. Um, yeah, number six. Who did you have? Green Bay. All right. So I had New Orleans. I all year long. Well, not all year long, but last week I told you I had the Rams, the Packers, the Cowboys, three, four, five in my power rankings when we do the top six. All three of those teams lost in week four. So I didn't – I decided not to panic. I didn't want to move anyone around too much. I kept those teams in the same order. So I have L.A. three, Green Bay four, Dallas five, and I have New Orleans six. Um you know, like, like I said when I laid out the tiers, I, I think that we're at a point where any of these top six teams, I, I think you just assign equal odds to all of them and say they could win the NFC. Yep. Um, so that's why, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to make a panic move and, and drop LA to eight just because they, they had a dud against him. No. Now, I, I do think that there are issues with the Rams. I think that there are issues. I mean, I think the we, one big we, issue is their running back. Yes, that that is the big issue. Um, I mean, he had five touches last week. Like, there, there's something wrong with that girl. Like, could we? That's just, a problem. Somebody, could somebody just tell us what the problem is? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't know. It, that that seems very weird. And you know, granted, they were behind in that game, so the the. The natural thought process is, okay, when you're trailing, you pass the ball a little bit more. But it's completely unacceptable, unacceptable that a dude who is distancing himself as one of the two or three best running backs in the league two years ago and for a good portion of last year, that he has five touches in a game. Right. Yeah. Um you know, Jared Goff's play has been up and down. I, I think that that could be an issue. Um, the defense giving up 55 to Tampa Bay, that's a problem. Anytime you give up 55, no matter who the opponent, that, that kind of it's, that's it's a troublesome sign. Their defense had been phenomenal before that. Right, right, exactly. I mean, up until that week four game, their defense was ahead of their offense. You know, and... and you know, you look at Dallas, and, and I kind of go back, you know, everybody was like how Dak Prescott was playing so good. Can we, can we look at who they played? Right. Miami, no, Washington, and an Eli-led Giants. Like, let them play somebody good. I mean, he, he was a non-factor against the Saints. Like, yeah, it's still the same issue we've talked about for the last three years. Like, it, it's still there. Like, he's still the same guy. No, I'm with you. I mean, and, you know, credit to New Orleans defense. It's not yeah, entirely it's a DAC phenomenal. issue. Their, yeah, their defense I mean, is phenomenal. And, you know, yeah. I, I have to say, it's pretty remarkable. And it, it, it shows how good of a job that, that um, Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton have done constructing that team. That they have been able to take on 
an entirely different sort of personality. Yeah. Without dropping off at all. I mean, this was a team that for years was great offensively. I mean, yep. historically great. The, the the passing numbers that Drew Brees put up year after year was sensational. And, they're, and they were almost always in contention, and their defense almost always let them down. And yep. now it feels like like this Saints season can be similar to that that last Peyton Manning season with Denver, where where it's going to go on Manning's resume that he was a starting quarterback for for two Super Bowl champions. But in reality, that second one, he didn't really have to do much. And it, it kind of feels like Breeze could be in that spot when he comes back because yeah. they could probably just get away with getting the ball in Elvin Kamara's hands, taking a few timely shots to Michael Thomas now and then, and then just leaning on their defense. They really yeah. impressed me on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I, I mean, and they, and they played a tough schedule, and they're three and one. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. So I, I think that moves us to our top two teams. And, well, wait, uh, where did you have where did you have New Orleans? I, I I know that you had Green Bay, you had Green Bay six, but I didn't get your rankings for the other three NFC teams. I had from starting at three, I had the Rams three, Dallas four, New Orleans five, and Philly six. Oh, Philly six. Okay, you had Green Bay seven. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, uh, yeah. So tier four, I called this the 2002 Lakers Kings tier because I think that these are the two best teams in the league. They will play before the Super Bowl, which is what happened with the Kings and the Lakers playing in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I think that the perception will be that that will be like the real Super Bowl, Kansas City and New England. Um, and and these NFC teams are good enough where the, it's not going to be a situation where the Lakers or the Kings were going to play a crappy Nets team in the finals. The, these NFC teams will obviously be more of a challenge in the Super Bowl than than uh, than that. But yeah, Kansas City and New England. I don't suspect that anything has changed for you since last week when we did the top six. Do you have Kansas City number two? I do. And, you know, it just comes down to, you know, it's the same thing. I, I just feel when it comes to January playoff football time, I just, I just feel like Belichick's going to find a way to get enough stops against Kansas City to beat him. And, and I, I think he's going to run the ball. Brady's going to make them key third down throws to Edelman. And it's – New England's defense is better than it was last year. They're really good. Kyle Van Kyle Van Noy's around the ball every play. Really good player. Uh, their secondary also really good. Um, you know, you, you you could tell the way Belichick coaches football. Um, he just he he coaches football when he has the lead to not lose the game. Like he he had he thought in his mind Buffalo can't score a touchdown on me, so mm-hmm. he wasn't taking risks. He wasn't doing nothing to put his defense in a disadvantage because he knew the defense would make a stop. And, right. you know, I, I just feel this New England defense, they've given up one touchdown all year. Um, and when it just comes down to it, I, the Chiefs are really good. You know, Pat Mahomes is – Pat Mahomes is something like we've never seen before play quarterback. Like, he's unbelievable. 
And for a guy that hates the Chiefs as much as I do, to say that the Chiefs are fun to watch because of him is a really big compliment. Oh, so, for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm not just hating on the Chiefs. I just think New England's really good. No, I mean, the fact that you have Kansas City number two that shows that you're not hating on the Chiefs. I, I, I love the Chiefs. They're my second favorite team in the league. I have them number two. Um, you know, it's funny, though. You, you say that New England's defense is better, and that's absolutely true. They're, they're better than they were last year. And, you know, we saw this from the Patriots' defense the tail end of last year. It started all coming together for them later in the season because, you know, you look at the way that they they dominated the Chargers in the divisional round. And they, they held the Chiefs in check in that in that championship game for the majority of the game. And then they, they completely dominate the Rams. And it, it feels like they they have been building off of that playoff run and now it's continuing into the, the start of of this regular season. But by the metrics, the Chiefs offense actually might be better than they were last year too. Oh, for they're, sure. As of right now, they're and averaging they're more get, yards. And they're going to get Tyree Hill back. So. Right. They're, they're averaging more yards per play than they did last year. They, they have a better third down conversion rate than they did last year. A higher score percentage, a lower turnover percentage. There, there are just a lot of metrics that say this Chiefs offense has improved. And, you know, it, it's, it's funny because I called it the Kings-Lakers tier, and it really, really does feel like that to me. It, even in the way that these two teams are constructed, where New England has been doing this for so long, and, you know, they, they, could, they could win these games that are grinds, because, you know, they, you know the, the Lakers had Shaq and Kobe, and then you have this Kings team that is young and exciting, and they're playing kind of a different brand of basketball for that time. And it kind of feels like it, it's this is really the NFL version of that, not only because these two teams are in the same conference and they, they've kind of separated themselves from the field, but also the stylistic difference between these two teams makes yeah. for really, really fun, interesting football when they yeah. do play each other. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to get them in a regular season matchup. I believe it's week 13, week yeah, 14. Week 14, we get these two teams. Um, and then, in all likelihood, we'll get them again in the AFC Championship game. Um, and, you know, that, that game, Week 14, is in New England. How fun would it be? And I, I, know, I know that you hate thinking of the Chiefs doing well, but how fun would it be if going into that game, both of them were 12-0? Yeah, that would be... I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah, I, I don't either. And, and, you know, they have – both of these teams will be tested before them. Yes. You know, Kansas City has Green Bay on the schedule coming up. Um, they, they go to the Chargers. The Chargers always seem to play them well. Yes. Um, New England, as soft as their schedule has been, it does pick up at a certain point. They have, they have a four-week stretch before they get to that Kansas City game where – they're at Baltimore, at Philadelphia, home for Dallas, at Houston. So it, it, it's, you know, looking ahead and saying, okay, these two teams could be 12-0 and 0 going into their, their Week 14 matchup, it, it's, that's a big leap. 
but they're also both so good that it's entirely possible. But even if they aren't undefeated, we're looking at probably 11-1, and 10-2 range for both of these teams. And that's going to be the biggest regular season game of the year. So, um, yeah, those two teams are 1-2. and two. Uh, And that is the quarter poll 32-team power ranking. Polly, we did yeah. it. We got through all 32 teams. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, you talked Notre Dame football. Anything else to plug before you head out? No, I I think we've covered it all. All right, my friend, I have your picks in my Facebook Messenger right now. So I will, like I said, I'll get those up. That'll be on Hardwood and Hollywood with the rest of the Hardwood and Hollywood staff. And I'll also, I'll try to remember to uh, tweet those out too. Polly, we will be back next week for a regular week six picks episode of the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. Sounds good, brother. I'll be here. Alright, sounds good. We will uh we'll be talking over the weekend. Good luck on Friday. Thank you. Have a good day. Alright, you too. Bye bye.